Hey guys, thank you for joining us this, uh, well today, for um, another deep dive into um, our sermon, Elevate Foundation Through Worship. This is part three. We got some exciting things, some foundational principles that you do not want to miss. You got myself, my beautiful wife, Nathania. Hello. We got our awesome leaders, Alec Martinez. How's it going? And we have Austin Martinez, Mr. Austin Martinez. And we thank you for joining us, and we have you at home. Uh, Let's uh, dive into this, and uh, let's teach you how to elevate your foundation through worship. Awesome, awesome. For me, this was this was an amazing word. I know that um, you know if you hadn't had a chance to tune in and watch it or or listen uh, to the podcast, um, we had Pastor and Austin, um, you know, bring forth the word and. And just breaking down the fundamentals of what is worship and why we worship. And I've always considered myself, uh, I've always, ha- yeah, considered myself someone who has a heart of a worshiper. Um, and, and over the years, I know that God has really just um, eliminated those, those doubts and self insecurities of, you know, compare, co- uh, co- comparison with other people um, to really just fine tune what type of worship. He's placed in my heart and what I bring before the Lord. And I know that dance, uh, a worship express to dance is one of those things. Um, but I, I, I am one who raises my hands and shouts and scream, you know, not screams, but, but uh, shouts and, and just, you know, can cry before God. And, and, and it really, I can really, I really sense the Holy Spirit and the presence of the Lord. But, um, but as you guys broke it down on, on Sunday, it being more of, of just that everyday lifestyle, you know, it even being a privilege to come before the Lord. And and I know that that to bring glory, you know, to, to worship is to bring glory to God and it's what we were created to do. But then I, I'm going to get a little bit of my, uh, ahead of myself, but, you know, it was shared that the angels surround the throne of God and it's not be it's not out of a command, but it's a choice. And 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 even so, what a privilege, you know, to be able to bring forth that that worship before God. So it really blessed me. Um, and like I said, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but um, but really going going into it and 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 the reason behind why uh, what worship is and and why we worship, I know, is is one of the things that you know we're gonna really touch on during this this podcast to give everybody a more clear understanding more insight and and to debunk i guess you could say you know some of the the false narratives on on whether or not our worship is 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 um is accurate or or good enough in a sense right yeah and and really we're gonna um today just just look at some things and and kind of set set the tone of like like what you were saying, Nathania, um, as 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 worship, uh, worship. Well, f- quick review, foundational. If you're just tuning us on, we, the last three weeks we've been talking about foundation. Foundation um, is founded upon uh, uh, the Word of God. It's founded upon through prayer, and it's also founded upon our worship. And um, what what like like you said, we need un- have to find understanding of really what is worship and why do we worship? Because if we can't, if we don't understand um, uh, uh, what is worship and why do we worship, then we're not going to grab the knowledge of uh, what worship is and apply it to our lives. And that's very very important for us to do. So you know, we covered um, you know Proverbs four uh, four seven. And then also James uh, one five, and, and both of them talk about wisdom and, and and how it's wise that we need to do. Especially James says that we need to go before God and ask for wisdom in the areas that we lack. Us as Christians, what we need to do is we need to be a, a, a fine tuned machine. You know, if, if a car is only if, if a car is running on four cylinders, it's a four cylinder car, um, and only three of them are working. That car has some issues, and there's going to be um, uh, problems with that car running. The car needs to run on all four cylinders because that's when the car is most effective. And that's the same way, just to put it in, in real terms, of our life. If we're firing on three cylinder, uh, two cylinders and not all three, then we're missing a part of, of, of our life. So if we have prayer and we have the word, but we're not a worshiper, well, you know what? Then, then at, the, at that time, we're not 
firing in, on all cylinders that God has given to us, and uh, it's going to come to the point where we're going to have breakdown because one area of our life is lacking, and we need to ask God for, for wisdom. And that's very important for us to do. But to set the tone of really what worship is, uh, we have to understand, and, 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 and this was our first point on Sunday, that worship is more than a song. Worship's not just coming to church on Sunday morning and saying, we're going to you know, um, uh, have this block of time to sing songs and, and worship. Worship is more than, than a song. And I, and I um, loved how Austin said it on Sunday when he said, worship should be the soundtrack of what our lives look like and where we are trying to align our hearts to God. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's important for us to, to do and, and recognize. Yeah, and even the term worshiper, um, we kind of always have like mixed connotations of it or like our own ideas of what worship really is. You know, the term worshiper, um, if you look in Hebrew, if you look in Greek, when God was giving the Levites that title of worship, he, um, he wasn't saying to just sing songs. He wasn't just saying just to dance. He wasn't just saying just to sing praise. The Levites' job, jobs were to serve to serve in the temples, to serve the, t- the temple mm-hmm. grounds, and to serve the children of Israel. And, you know, re- whether we like it or not, whether we like to sing, whether we like um, worship, um, I know some of us struggle with worship personally, um, but it's, it's what God has called us to do. It's our, it's our job from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, worship is more than a song. Um, we looked at Deuteronomy 11, verse 1, and when we really looked at it, we, we saw that um, what was worship. And it also gives us how we're supposed to worship. And, and, and it's in, I'm going to read it for you guys. It's in um, the NLT version. And it's, you must love the Lord your God and obey his requirements, decrees, regulations, and commands. Well, with worshiping, it's, it's loving God first. It's through loving God. And it's also through serving him with our actions, with our obedience. You see, worship, and you're going to hear it's a constant theme, um, like you heard it on Sunday, it, it, it's more than a song. You know, most of us growing up, including myself, we think it's the two slow songs at the end of service, or it's, like Pastor was saying, the 30 minutes of time where we sing songs to God and we're singing praise, and a lot of times we if the band isn't good, if it's not the song, if it's a song that's been on repeat in the church for a bunch of times, we limit that to to be in our worship. Mm-hmm. But God is showing us, and God has showed us from the very beginning and how he set everything up, that worship is more than a song. You know, worship is with our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's exactly right. And I really had to learn that myself, especially being up there. I know my brother has said it before, but, you know, when he said that, like, when he's up there worshiping and he sees people sitting down and stuff, he... He feels like it's um, kind of disrespectful, but that's not what it is. It's people worshiping in their own ways. And that's where really I had to learn. It's more than a song, right? It's what we do in our everyday lives. And that's very powerful. And I love that, I love that verse that my brother just read, Deuteronomy um, 11, verse 1. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I hit the, hit the link that came up, and it was my... my but um, like, like I was saying, you know, um, it's everything that you do in your life, whether it be reading your word, whether it be praying, because that's all implemented into worship, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's how you know how powerful this worship is, because once you realize it's in every aspect of your life, it doesn't matter if you can't sing good. It doesn't matter if you can't dance. It doesn't matter if you can't even play an instrument. As long as your heart is right and pure for God and you're glorifying him and ushering in his um, His presence, because that's what wor- worship is. You're ushering his presence into into your life, into your household, into, your, into the church, into the building, because you are the church. And if you're ushering him into the building, then you know that your heart is right for God, and that's what worship is. Yeah. Um, something that was said, I believe it was Austin on Sunday service, or ser- during the sermon, he said, uh, worship is why we were created, and we worship God because of who he is. Um, we were created to praise God. You know, Adam and Eve, they they walked with God. They they, they communed with God. They they took time and worshiped God through through serving him, and it wasn't there in in 
their lives, that they displayed worship to God. And that's one of the ways that we can ourselves show that worship, like we were saying, you know, um, worship is more than a song. It's, it's our everyday walk. It's, it's what we do in and at a season, as the Bible says, right? It's, it's an everyday thing. And the reason being is because we cannot base our worship on our circumstances. Because when times are hard, we won't worship God. You know, and, and even when times are good, we won't worship God. We tend to press in more into God when our circumstances are good, when things are playing out. And when we get our breakthrough, we let up off the gas. But it's, an, it's a staying consistent and constant all the time. And we worship because of who God is. His sovereignty never changes. His goodness never changes. Now, we may face... Um, the 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 chastisement for things and choices that we make because our decisions were wrong you know he is a loving father so in the same way you know he punishes for the sins but he's gracious and because he's loving he provides that forgiveness for what we've done so we know that because of that we can come to him and because of that we can worship him um so the the um one of the, the scriptures that was shared on Sunday was Luke 19, 37 through 40. And this is the NLT. And it says, when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all of the wonderful miracles they had seen. So in a sense, they were praising Jesus because of who he is, but more it was circumstantial praises because they had seen the breakthrough, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then verse 38 says, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Verse 39 says, but some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied in verse 40, if they keep quiet, the stones along the road would burst out into cheers, meaning just like the angels are constantly uttering his, his praise and his worship, if we as his creation are silent, then the rocks can't help but to praise him. The universe can't help but to praise him. I mean, I think we would be shocked if animals started, you know, to shout out to God, but it's because of his, again, his sovereignty, which is control over all of his creation, his goodness that is displayed in, in all areas. If we shut our mouths in praising God, something has to birth for, burst for, forth and praise him because he's worthy of it. And that's where we can go back and say, no matter what our circumstances look like, no matter what we're facing in, in, as far as situation, our worship can't be an expression of, of we, we can't react right to our experiences, but it has to be um, walked out in our lifestyle that it's consistent in good times, in bad times, it's unwavering because he's worthy. And again, we're fixed on God our spirit aligns up to it. So no matter what the situation looks like, because we are in in that communication with the Lord and we're aligning with the spirit, God can't help but to hear that and provide a miracle, provide a breakthrough, provide deliverance, provide salvation, provide forgiveness, provide his love, provide his peace, provide his joy. All of that is going to be birthed forth because it's, aligned with the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it all starts with obedience. Mm -hmm. It all starts with obedience. I mean, when you take it back to Deuteronomy eleven thirteen, it says, if you carefully obey all of the commandments, you see a lot of us, we, we, we obey, even as Christians, we obey some of them or we obey the ones that align with our lives. You know, like we'll, we'll bend some, some because we want a little leeway, but we don't obey all the commands. You know, God says, you know, I'm, I'm giving you these commands and you need to obey all of them. That's how I know that, you know, worship is more than a song. Mm -hmm. You know, when we look at First Samuel, uh, going back to praising in our circumstances, you know, um, um, 
Paul, uh, King Saul, he 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 sacrificed um, after uh, after he won a battle. Uh, uh, I believe it was against an Amorite army. But God told told Saul to wait, wait for the prophet Samuel. But Saul went ahead and went and went ahead and and just um, just did it himself. So what happened was God was angry with him. So uh, so Samuel had to say to, to how to to rebuke him and said to obey is better than sacrifice. See, yes, we may pray uh, praise God that things are going well. Yes, we may praise God um, that th- when things are going bad. But if we don't have the obedience, if the obedience isn't there, well, then our sacrifice is 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 isn't worth anything mm-hmm. to God. I mean, we see it with Cain and Abel. You know, everyone always asks, and I remember asking this when I was learned about it in Sunday school and stuff. I was like, well, what's the difference between their between their sacrifice? You know, well, their sacrifice was worship, but one was obedient and one wasn't. You see, one gave the first fruits, one just gave the leftovers. Mm. And that's what it is. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we get the leftovers. Sometimes we react. And I said it before, and I, and I like the saying, it's like sometimes we make it our second response, mm. not our first. But on really, it should be our first response, not our last action. And you're, yeah, you know you're right. And really, when I, when I look towards worship, I like, you, you should read the book of Job. Because when you think of Job, what happened? The literally everything under the sun that bad that couldn't bad could happen to him happened. Mm-hmm. And yet, what was his response? His response was to serve the Lord and worship Him. Mm-hmm. And what happened after that? God blessed him tenfold. And that's really how we should be. We should be like Job. No matter what's going on in our life, whether it be you know you lose your job or you're going through mental illness problems or whatever, we need to keep focus on God and worship Him. Because we know everything um, uh, is handled through him. Definitely. Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things, I, I, I love that example of Job, because, you know, Job, uh, God said, look at my servant Job, he would never curse me, you know. And, and, and when, when things happen, how many times do we curse God, you know, and, and instead, you know, the, the opposite of, of worshiping God is really cursing God, you know. And, and how many times have we done that, uh, sometimes knowingly, sometimes unknowingly, uh, instead of, of, of worship. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where worship is twofold. I mean, worship is, is going to be on one particular item or another. You know, regardless of what we think, we may, as harsh as it sounds, we may not understand that what we're doing is we're worshiping that particular item. But it's important for us to step back and realize that whatever it is, we're going to choose to worship whether it's going to be God or whether it's going to be an object, a TV show, a boyfriend, girlfriend, a husband, wife, um, you know, uh, some kind of relationship, our jobs, you know, um, you know, health, whatever it may be, uh, to a certain extent, all that can be uh, a worship if we, um, if, if we allow it to consume and overtake our lives. We're going to worship one way or another. You know, just like the, but we're, we're going to become a slave one way or another. We're going to come to a slave to our sin, or we're going to come to a slave to our God. And either way you look at it, you're going to become a slave, but what are you going to become a slave in? You're going to become a slave in bondage, you know, in sin, in destruction, or are you going to become a slave to God, which he's going to provide you with the freedom um, you know, that, that he, only he can provide. One of the things that you said on Sunday, and I believe that it, it goes hand in hand with you know, if we allow worship to be more than just a song and it's part of our lifestyle and through worship, if we are in continuous ushering of the presence of the Lord, um, just like I shared last, last Sunday that we are the temple, so we are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, then we essentially through worship are welcoming heaven on earth. And then we can have heaven li- heaven-sized breakthrough. And, and while you guys were preaching on Sunday, you know, God, God just dropped this in my spirit, and he was like, because in Revelation it says that there will be no more you know, crying, there will be no more death, there will be no, no, no more pain, no more suffering. And, and that's exactly what we experience because of the sin that is, in our nature because of the sin that's just in our world period that sin that separates us from god is is so present and it runs rampant 
But if we in, in our individual lives can usher more of his presence here on earth, what a wonderful display of heaven that we will have a glimpse of that he speaks of. Obviously it's not going to be completely taken away because we're human by, we're, we're, you know, our nature is we're humans and, and every day that we live, we die. We're dying one more day, but, but it's a, it's, it's daily. It's, it's a walk of daily and continuous worship. And, um, Acts 2, 47 I'm sorry, 46 through 47 that you guys shared on Sunday. It says they worship together at the temple each day. I, I don't know what translation you were reading on Sunday because I know it's a daily. Yeah, it was, it was a message translation that says they followed a daily discipline of worship in the temple. Yeah. And followed by meals at home, every meal a celebration, exuberant, joyful as they praise God. People in general like what they saw every day. Their numbers grew as God added those who were saved. And, and really what, what we talked about was worship is a command that must become a habit in our daily life. You know, it's, it's we, we form habits. Knowing and unknowingly, we form habits in our life. And, and worship is not a question mark of should we worship? Um, you know, it's not should we. It's, it's we should because we were created to worship. Mm -hmm. And so it's a command in our lives. And you look at the early church and what they did was they made it part of their daily lives when they followed a daily discipline. And that's what it comes down to is a discipline to worship. And, and really discipline is huge in our life because regardless, we're going to be disciplined. You know, we're going to be disciplined to, to work out. Um, we're going to be disciplined to um, eat right. We're going to be disciplined in our relationships, but that also transpires to when we discipline to, to worship, you know, mm -hmm. are we going to be disciplined to worship? Uh, because it's, it's a choice, or I'm sorry, not a choice, but it's a command and we have to make it, uh, it's our choice to make it a, a habit. You know, we're going to worship today um, and we're going to worship every day. We're going to continue worshiping the Lord. And, and that's something we have to um, apply into to our lives, just like the early church. You know, like you said it beautifully uh, last Sunday, Nathania, was you talked about the temple and, and how that housed the Holy Spirit. Well, the temple now is, is yeah, we have the physical church building, but we have the physical body. And mm -hmm. that, that temple, um, uh, Austin touched on it uh, on Sunday, about um, that temple now, the Holy Spirit resides within us, and we carry the presence of God. Yeah. One of the things that, or a word, I should say, that the Lord um, just placed on my heart, I don't know if it was earlier this year, I want to say it was last, starting the, the middle of last year, if not the end of last year, was intentional. There is an intentionality that we do with every choice that we make, and, and, um, and whether or not we think we aren't doing it intentional, we are, because it's a choice. And that's uh, my friend Candace. She tapped me on the shoulder because I had shared that with her. And when we were talking about it being um, a command that has to become a habit in our daily lives, she was like, intentional. And I was like, exactly, because we have to be intentional with just like our time in prayer, just like our time in the word, we have to be intentional with our worship to, to God. You know, this, um, normally as I'm, you know, cleaning or, or getting ready in the mornings, I make it an intentional point to put on worship music because through it, I am cutting out the distractions I'm, I'm telling, you know, my thoughts to take a back seat so that God can be at the forefront of my day or what, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing, it, whether I'm driving, you know, I'm trying to listen to, to, to word, I'm listening to podcasts, <laughs> I'm listening to scripture, I'm listening to, to something that can add value to my life. But most importantly, I'm listening to, in this case, music, praise and worship music that will allow me to set my heart, to set my mind on the things of God. And I'm intentional through it because I want it to be a daily practice in my life. So 
it goes back to, you know, following the command that God has, has said so that it can be a habit. And so we have to make it something that we're conscious of and that we're intentional in doing so that when we are faced with things in our lives, you know, whether little or big, um, and I believe that this will lead into point C, worship is not based on outward circumstances, but on the inward presence with God. Because then our foundation can't be shaken. We're standing firm. We know who holds our situations in, in, in his hands. We know what the truth of God has said. We know what, which is the word of God. We, we know who our God is. And we can stand on those truths instead of running away from it. We can allow it to let it draw us closer to God. I didn't share this on Sunday, but, you know, worship is not, is not based on our outward circumstances, but worship can change our outward circumstances. Yes. Yes. You know, when we look in, in Acts, when Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas were thrown in the middle of the dungeon. Mm -hmm. You know, they had every, every, for preaching God's word. You know, God told them, he gave them the great commission to go out and make disciples. They were doing what God was telling us. And a lot of times as Christians, you know, we're, we're doing what God has told us. Mm -hmm. We're out here. We're like, okay, God, well, you sent me out. Let me, let, let me go work for you. Let me go do for you. And just like uh, we were talking to a couple um, um, of our members after, after services is, you know, um, God will tell us to do it, but he never said it's going to be an easy ride. Mm -hmm. You know, he actually said it's going to be worse. Mm -hmm. And when we look at Paul and Silas, they didn't let their outside um, circumstances mess up anything for them. You know, they were beaten with rods and and they were thrown in the middle of the dungeon, and it, which is the lowest part. You see, they were under 24-hour guard mm -hmm. in a Roman dungeon. But instead of letting their outside um, come. Um, you know, uh, change their inside. Yeah, the circumstances mm -hmm. change their inside. They let what worship. They called out to God. They were singing praises. They were praying. They were doing hymns. And what happened? Their shackles fell off. Amen. And every single, not of only them, but of everyone around them. You see, even the jailer who was jailing them became saved because they, they, they saw that it wasn't the outward circumstances didn't shut them up. It wasn't their outward circumstances, the, the situations that they were in, the trials that they were in that, that changed their praise. Mm -hmm. It was their worship that changed their outward circumstances. You see, like we were saying, and Nathaniel brought it up, we are God's temple. Mm -hmm. We are the temple of God. Paul puts it, puts it as that we are living, the living temple of God. Like, like I always say every deep dive, and I said it on Sunday, you know, the Bible is a uh, linear story mm -hmm. pointing towards Jesus. We see in the very beginning that, that the Garden of Eden was the temple. That's where God dwelled with us. Mm -hmm. We see that once sin broke it, we had to go and build a physical place. And all the, the word temple means is a dwelling place for God to live with us. Yeah. When Jesus died, he destroyed us having the dwelling place and allowed the Holy Spirit because he paid that sacrifice. He paid the atonement for us to be one again with God. Right. And even when we get to revelations, we see that the only thing missing when God brings heaven and earth back together is a physical place because we are living temples. We have the spirit of God. We can dwell or God is dwelling in us and we mm -hmm. can dwell in God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not our outward circumstances. One of my favorite scriptures that, that I, I try to live by as a worship worshiper is in, in, is in Habakkuk um, 2, verse 14. And it's God telling us that, you know, our job is uh, that he wants for the earth to be filled with the knowledge of his glory. Mm-hmm. Of the uh, just as the waters cover the sea, you see, that's what that's one thing when we worship. Um, yes, it's a command, but it's also a choice. Mm -hmm. You see, that's the one thing that 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 messed Satan up. It was pride that got into his heart. You see, if you guys didn't know, before he was Satan, he was Lucifer, yeah. and he was in charge of one third of the angels. That's why theologians believe one third of the angels fell because he was in charge of the all of worship over heaven. Mm -hmm. And when he decided 
to let his pride, an outward circumstance, when he decided to step in the way of God, that's when his worship was destroyed. And that's why we are recreated. That's why we are created. It's, it, it, it's to, because it's to, God has to be worshiped. Mm-hmm. Just like it says, if we don't worship, the rocks we'll cry and out. will cry out. Mm-hmm. Because God has to be worshiped. It's not based on our outward circumstances. It's based, um, it should be based where we're trying to align our hearts to. Mm-hmm. That's why Deuteronomy says, be careful to obey all the commands. Because it's so easy. So easy to get distracted. Just this week, we j- or last week, we had the elections. Yeah, took up a whole week. I was trying to get away from it. My sports podcast talking about it. <laughs> sports. <laughs> what does politics have to do with sports? But sports podcast. You know, you t- cartoons popped up too on it. Not oh yeah, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Like anything. You know, my my son was watching something on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. An ad campaign yeah, came yeah, up, and I'm like, this is the kids' version of YouTube. How is yeah. the, how is any this yeah. coming up? But anywhere you look. <laughs> That was an outward circumstances. Mm-hmm. But when we get caught up in, and I'm just using the election as an example, but when we get caught up in outward circumstances, it's hard to obey. Yeah. It's hard to keep all the commands because a lot of times we're not like Paul and Silas. A lot of times we would blame God mm-hmm. or get angry at him and be like, God, where are you at? You said you, this was, this was going to be easy, but he never said. He said it's going to be 10 times harder because yeah. the world hated me first. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I'll be with you to the very end. He never said it would be easy. Yeah. You know, and that's, an, that's, that's the, the, the truth, um, you know, right there. And continuing going off at verse 22 that, that you just read, I'll, I'll continue reading midway, and it says, uh, Show love to the Lord your God by walking in his ways and holding tightly to him. Show love. And, and, and we have to understand that worship is love, you know, uh, sometimes uh, we don't think about that, but worship is love, and, and, and we'll, we'll dive into that a little deeper, exactly why worship is, is, is love, um, but it's, it's true. We, we, we put a, a value and worth on the things that we love. The things we don't love, we don't put a value or worth on it. You know, uh, my, my wife is a neat freak, and she she is is constantly sweeping and mopping and sweeping and mopping and sweeping and mopping, <laughs> and uh, you know I I value you know that for, that she does that, but I have no value or love for, it, and therefore I don't do it, you know, because I, I I don't have a love for it. She does because she likes and loves a clean house, you know, spick and span house, I mean, beyond clean. But, well, you know, and, and, and for the record, I will never ask him to do it, <laughs> but I just tell him, because when, when, when I start getting into it, he knows how deep clean I'm going to get, depending on what mop I use. <laughs> I have three yeah. mops at home. <laughs> so when I get the spin mop out, he goes, oh, it's a spin mop time, right? And I was like, look, as long as I don't ask you to do it, don't even worry about it. <laughs> I will put in the labor that, and and all I say is just enjoy a clean floor. <laughs> yeah, but it's a value and worth for her, you know. And I mean, of course, for all of us uh, that live there. But it's value, and she finds value in it, and she finds worth in it. And, and honestly, I, I, to a certain extent, I think she loves doing it. <laughs> but you know, it's one of those things where where we have to understand uh, a, a worship. There's value in worship, and because there's value. And because it's, there's, there's worth there, we have to, there, there's love there as well. There's, if there's value and worth, you know, like you, you'll get, and I'm not that guy, you, you'll get the, the, the guys out there and the girls out there on Saturday morning, you know, um, has to wash their car, right? Because they love their car. You know, they love their car. They're out there every Saturday morning, right? And, and I know, you know, Mr. J.R. Martinez, you know, every Sunday he's out there washing his car, you know, and, and uh, he, he, he loves his, his vehicle. He loves the cleaning vehicle. And there's worth there. You know, you put the time, you put the money, you put the effort in there because you, you, there's worth and value there. Same thing with worship. You know, with God, is there worth there? Is there value there? If that's the, that's the case, and it should be the case for each believer, then at that point, then there's love there. Then there's a time that we want to spend with each other. You know, then, you know, it's kind of like that girlfriend, you know, 
And I say girlfriend because I'm, I'm a guy. But for girls out there, you're like that boyfriend. You love that boyfriend and you love that girlfriend. You want to spend time with them and you want to cherish time and you have that conversation with them because you love that individual and there's, there's worth there. There's value there. Mm-hmm. In the same instance, we need to be like that with God. If we love God, then we want to worship him because he's worthy of it. And there's value there. It's God we're talking about. We're not talking about a car. We're not talking about a boyfriend, a girlfriend. We're not talking about any of that. We're not talking about spin mops. We're, t- we're talking about <laughs> is God, right? And there should be value and worth there. And therefore, worship is our love. Yeah, because if we're not careful, whatever it is that we do value, you know, we can't give it too much precedence over our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, but just as, as you were saying, because we do value those things, in the same sense, you know, we need to give God his rightful place in our lives. We, we need to be, as I mentioned, be intentional with our time, be, be, be mindful as well. You know, a lot of times we can, we can have the right intent, but then when we're not mindful of our choices and the day to day, it can be a week. It, it could be, I mean, it could be a couple days. It can go a week and it can for some even be months before you pick up God's word. You know, you start substituting what you listen to for other things. And now your focus is completely off and you've let other things infiltrate your time of worship through through music. And that's why it's so important for it to be a lifestyle. But if we um, if we if we continue and we work on it, then then that love and the, the worth that we give to the to the worship that we provide God and, and we add and we see it as something of value then it's our worship as it is expressed through our love for him. And it then is displayed in our daily life. Yeah. It's, it's displayed to the way we talk to others, how we treat others. And, and, and that's huge because then that also goes back to, as we've mentioned in another podcast, that discipleship that we're called to. You know, we're called to go out and make and and make you know great a nation. It was a Bible. It was a Bible verse, honestly, for today. I don't know why I'm drawing such a blank. Um, but but we're called to, you know, to tell others about the Lord. And that was something that I was telling my son. You know, as we mentioned before, my son is a huge basketball player, and I was just trying to let him know, like, you you don't have to go on the court and say I'm a Christian. You know, but it's how do you talk to others? How do you respond to others? How how are you being that light in your in your team? You know, towards your teammates, and um, and so it's Matthew twenty eight nineteen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are called to be the disciples for Christ. We're called to be Christ here on earth. We're called to, as you know, we've said right just during this. Uh, podcast. We are we are the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We we carry the Holy Spirit, so we are called to be the light and the salt of the earth. And all of that is because we value our relationship with God. It's expressed through love, not just to God, but for God's people, for God's creation. And then you know that's why we can you know on a daily basis be uh, fulfill really that that calling. But um, it's. It's quite powerful, you know, when you think about it. Yeah, and, and nothing that we love should feel like we have to do it. You know, you know, the love isn't there for for anything, not just worship, just for anything. If you feel like, oh, I have to go do this, mm-hmm. you know, I have to spend time with with um, with my wife. You know, I have to spend time with my girlfriend. Oh, I have to. You know, the love isn't there. You know. Um, and I don't want to say the love isn't there because you, we may have love, but love leaks out. You know, love over time can fade. It, you know, there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a song called Cells. I don't know if you guys have heard it, but um, the first line is um, falling is easy, but staying in love is hard. Um, you guys taught me that about um, even in counseling. And most married people know that, that it's a constant work. It's a constant connecting. It's a constant going out and revisiting every single thing. You know, it, it, that's what love is. You know, that's why it, worship, it's not just singing songs. Yes, it's, it's, it's a major part, but worship is through the word. 
We have to hear what God is trying to tell us. Worship is through prayer. We have to have that constant contact with him. And then when we put it all together, we see that when we're talking to God and then when we, when we're we're praying and and we're going back and forth and and we're, we're we're communing and all this different stuff, we see that it's a constant cycle and we can live for him. You know, we keep saying over and over it's a lifestyle. Well, you can't have a lifestyle if you if you never commune with the person. You can't have a lifestyle if you never talk with the person. You know, you can have the knowledge of of what the lifestyle is, but if you never really know what the lifestyle is, you're not walking the walk. You know, that's one thing that you brought up on Sunday, Pastor, is that are we just saying that we walk the walk or are we actually walking the walk? You know, it it's a question that we should say and anyone honestly who says that they they love God, well then they should know that worship has or worship has to be expressed. You know, our love for God with anything has to be expressed. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to find that worth in it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of it. And I, I'm the worship leader at the church. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's some Sundays where I come up and I do not feel like worshiping. Yeah. But I have to remember that it's not about me, mm-hmm. but it's me showing and expressing my love to God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's that's true because they're I mean, uh, people look at, 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 at leaders and they say, you know, oh, they just must have like this perfect relationship with God. And, and the thing is, is we're people. Mm-hmm. You know, we're people just like anybody else. And I hate the term layman because layman is just a, a nasty word, you know, but just regular people. You know, it's, 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 we're all, we're all equal struggling in this life together, you know, and, and God has appointed some to be, you know, leaders and worshipers and pastors and preachers and evangelists and things like that. And we have different gifts and talents, but that doesn't negate the struggle that we go through on a daily basis, you know, that sometimes it, you know, you wake up and you don't feel like worshiping. You know, you don't feel like working, you know, uh, on, on your relationship with God. And, and, and that's why, like the Thaya said earlier, it's about being intentional. You know, even though you don't feel like working. Because what happens, what, we expect God to work 24-7, but then we only expect to worship Him like an hour a day, you know, or an hour a week or 30 minutes for the week. And we, we don't, we, you know, we expect God to, to fulfill him, his, his end of the bargain, but we don't, you know, hold up our end. And we have to constantly express um, uh, in, in our worship, in our life, um, the love that we have for, for God. And, and that's what, like you said earlier, worship is love expressed. And I said this on Sunday. I love how this is, this is you know, all, all puts together, but the word worship comes from, from an old English word that's worth, ship, worth. It's, it's worth. And, 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 and worship is, is that love expressed? Is, is it worth it, you know, to worship? Is God worth, you know, what's, what's God's worth? What's God's value? You know, if you place upon a value upon God, you can't, first of all, but if you were, it's the ultimate worth in the whole entire word, uh, world. And so why don't we express that in our worship? He's worth every, every and I say every cent, but every cent, every, every minute, every second of our day, mm-hmm. every word, every thought, every prayer, you know, every, every piece of worship um, that, that we can give, he, he's, he's worth it and more. You know, not like, like we said earlier, not because of what he's done, but for who he is. But even if we, if we do, you know, look at what he's done, isn't he worth it? We could have almost died like like last month, you know, when we were talking about our canoe trip. Um, we were laughing about it now, but it was scary, you know. And, and it doesn't have to be that that drastic um, life, you know, altering moment. But it's what has God done in your life that you can. And like I read through um, what was it uh, um, in Luke, you know, when when the people because of what they had seen, they worship him. You know, what have you experienced in your life that you can't help but to worship God because he's displayed his goodness? You know, that is the character and the nature of God because of his loving, um, just just the love that he has for us. And, but, but then, you know, expressing worship, you know, to love for God in, um, what is it? Matthew 22, Jesus gives the command 
And he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all of the demands of the, the prophets are based on these two commandments. God has been saying since the beginning of time, love me love me. I love you. So just reciprocate that love in return and express it through worship and adoration to me. You know, I, I, um, shoot, I had a really good point right now <laughs> that I was going to say, but, but it's because of that, that then it is worth it. That then the value is there. Oh, uh, um, there is a song by Maverick City Worship, and it's called um, The Story I'll Tell. And it describes because of this, Lord, I am going to tell of your goodness. It is a testimony that you've brought forth in my life. And it is because of that that I can't help but to worship you. I can't help but to tell others. I can't help but to, for it to be displayed in my life because of the goodness. And it's going to be unwavering. And it's going to be concrete. And I'm going to live it on a daily basis because of who you are, because of what you've done. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where then we can give our full commitment to God because he has given us his ultimate commitment. And it was displayed through love by giving up Jesus as the ultimate sacrifice in John 3.16. God loved us so much that he gave his one and only son to be given up as a sacrifice for us to close the gap, to bridge the barrier between God and us where we no longer have to as, as you know, go to the tabernacle, go find a priest only one time a year, find that, that perfect, um, you know, animal to sacrifice. And it wasn't just in that one animal. It was then also the scapegoat. The scapegoat had to also be groomed and, and, and birthed and it couldn't have, you know, any imperfections because then that was the one that was let go. And that was the, the, also with the symbolism, you know, for, uh, of Jesus and all of that, all of, from the beginning of time, everything that God put into place for that day, on Calvary, and and I, I mean, I, I can't share it, but I would love, Austin, if you would share, you know, the symbolism of what the cross meant. I gave the example of, you know, in, in modern times, you know, um, oh, the way a man loves a, shows his, his worth to a woman ascribes his worth to a woman is through through a ring. You know, no smart man shows up to a, a to a, to a proposal without the ring. You know, and I'm pretty sure all the ladies listening here, you know, when you guys have gotten married or or those who want to get married one day, you guys all have the universal sign. You know, you go around to your friends and you don't say anything. You just hold up that finger. You just hold up that hand. And all your friends are probably going to go, you know, we've seen plenty of movies, but those who can tell the story, all your friends are, are excited. They're excited for you. You know, not one time, and I'm pretty sure, Nathan, you can attest to this, not one time did they ask about him. They ask about the ring. They want to look at the ring. They want to see how much, how good the ring is, how much basically he spent on you, how much worth that does he find in you, how much love. And, and you know what? In, in conversations with the ladies at work, that will still come up from time to time. Like if I'm either at my home branch with another financial centers, as we start to really get to know each other, and then they find out that I'm married, they want to see my ring. And at times I'm kind of like, it isn't anything like, like, whoa, but I mean, I'm like, but I have to tell them, like, you have to remember, I got married at 19. He was 20. He was working at Walmart, you know, like, like for us, it was huge. But then, you know, I, I always look at my ring and there's obviously the huge significance, but to me, it always looked like a crown, right? Because I'm, I, I'm now I'm his queen, of course, oh. but um, like as a princess, you know, a crown, but I and and there's in, there's some engravings here and stuff like that too. But 
But I almost feel like I have to justify the simplicity mm-hmm. of my ring. But then I give the significance of it. And but you're absolutely right. You know, it it's almost like, okay, the ring, and then they look at, okay, well, when is that your was that your worth? Was yeah, was that your worth mm-hmm. to him? Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like I have to sometimes it's like, no, that's <laughs> what you, you can afford. Justify <laughs> <laughs> the simplicity, but then the significance. But I'm sorry, go ahead. Significance is where the worth. But is even even still, is. 17 yeah. years later, it's still a topic of discussion. You know. Yeah, and, and and it's it's crazy because you know that's how that's how we look at it today. You know how how much does the bride or does the groom love love the bride? You know that's what we really do. And when we look at it as a biblical sense, you know Don, uh, Donna, who's Donna? Um, God bless Donna. I mean, be with it. Um, but uh, Nathaniel was saying, um, you know, the cross. When we look at it in a spiritual sense, the cross is the engagement ring. To the from God to the bride of Christ, you know God calls us. Jesus calls us the bride of Christ. So when we really look, His sacrifice on the cross, His death, He sacrificed everything. You know John three sixteen. We all know the verse is God gave up His only Son. I know four out of five of us have kids here. I don't think any single one of us won't. Maybe sometimes when they're acting bad, but I don't think any single one of us would sacrifice our children for people that hate us for people that constantly turn their back, for people that from the very beginning, all you wanted to do was commune with them, to fellowship with them, to love them, that you gave them time and time again, you gave them chances, you show them direction, you, you, you've saved them every single time they turn their back on you. I don't think any single one of us would, would do that for our enemy. But God loved the world so much, and not just the world, but he loved you individually that he sinned Christ. So, you know, we can look at the cross and I love how you said that your ring to is is to others. It's not the best. It's not the prettiest. It's not. But to you, it holds the significance. Well, when we look at the cross, it's literally it wasn't pretty. It's not beautiful. It's literally the worst wood that they could find. You see, Romans were the crucifixion is a form of torture. It wasn't a swift death. You know, when we read the Bible, we read, okay, it's five verses, you know, Jesus hung on the cross, they beat him, and then they stabbed him, and then he died, you know, or he's died, and then they stabbed him, you know, that's what we think. But it was an all-day process. Mm-hmm. You know, what, they, what, what happens to crucifixion is the way they would crucify you is you would hang up there and you would die from suffocation. Yeah. It wouldn't be from, from the wounds of the nails because the nails weren't, were, were in your wrist, but they were on the nerve so you couldn't bleed out. It was from suffocation. And when you look at it like, man, Jesus was beaten. It was it was brutal. It yeah. was it was inhumane in a sense, too, you know? Exactly. And when you really sit down and look... And how I how I tied it all together is, you know, the cross or or, or the cross is a symbol of God's love to us. It showed heaven. It showed all of hell. It showed showed and it showed all of creation, how much God's love for us, how much we're worth to God. Mm -hmm. And our worship to God is the same thing. It shows all of heaven. It shows all of hell and it shows all of creation. How much God means to us. Yeah, and you know, you're right, you're right. And if we're keeping the wedding analogy and, you know, bringing it back to the music aspect of it, wouldn't you say the music aspect of it, of worshiping, is our vows to God? We're professing Mm. our love to Mm. God through the music. Because if you didn't know this, about 98% of all music involves love. Why? Because it's the most relatable thing. Every human experiences it one time or another in their life. Mm. And when when we really sit down and we look at the words of any worship song, whether it be, you know, old hymn or a pop song that you hear on um, on the radio or, you know, Pandora or something like that, it's really breaking down the love and confession of how much he he loves us and how much we love him. Mm-hmm. So when you're sitting when so when you're you know sitting down listening to your song, whether you're driving in your car or you're just in your home cleaning your house you're professing your love to God. You're giving your wedding vows to him. And that's a lot of times as Christians, as we don't see, we're like, oh, you know, praise God, lift up our hands, just sit, sit in the back row. No, you're professing your love. And if you don't, and if you don't, you know, mean it, if you don't, yeah, if you don't mean it, how do you know, how do you, how are you really showing your love to God if you don't mean it through really 
expressing yourself through through the song, through the worship. Yeah, because, you know, God says, you know, they worship me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted, I didn't share this on Sunday, and I kind of wanted to break down that down because um, in Hebrew, uh, the word worship means to serve. It, it actually has m- multiple connotations. It means to serve, and it also means to bow down. You know, we, we, we see in translations, we see, see that they bow down and worshiped. Um, but um, in Hebrew, it means that they bow down and bow down. And what it's really talking about is, like Alec brought up, is, you know, it's our wedding vows. When we're truly in worship, it's our wedding vows. And what it's saying is that they not only did they physically express their love to God, but in their hearts and in their souls and in their minds that they expressed it. You see, so many times our circumstances dictate our worship to God. So many times, you know, our, our, our love or the lack thereof of love for God determines our circumstances. But when we truly surrender, when we truly submit, when we truly serve, like Pastor brought up, um, and Paul brings up in the New Testament, we are all slaves to Christ. He's not talking about like we're actually slaves, but what he's saying is, he's saying, you know, you're a slave in, in a sense is you're, you're 100% in. You're living the life. You're all in. You're about that life. You know, you're, you, you walk the walk and you talk the talk. You're 100% in. You know, with, with slaves and, and I hate to bring up slavery, but in slaves, they knew you because your master used to mark you mm-hmm. back in the day. Well, that's the same thing with us. How are people going to know us? Because when we become slave, um, slaves to Christ, we get marked by him. You know, it, 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 it's an analogy I don't like to use, but it's an analogy that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's what we're created to do. It's, it's, it's love expressed. You know, when we read uh, Revelations 4, 9, 11, there's 24 uh, four elders. And not only elders, all the creation is around God. And they cast their crowns. And they sing 24-7, nonstop. Holy, holy, holy. We know this. Mm-hmm. Worthy, O Master. In verse 11, it says, Worthy, O Master. Yes, O our God. Take the glory, the honor, the power. You created it all. It was created because you wanted it. You know, God loved us so much. We're not here because we're an accident. We're not here because a big bang happened and the happened and the something flew through the thing and then an asteroid hit us and we just got <laughs> lucky because we're just so, you know, we're the third planet from the sun and we're tilting on axis. No, everything happened because God said it. Amen. It was because of his love. Mm-hmm. So if you're honestly, if you're if you're feeling down, if you just remember God loves you, it's, it's all for you. But in return, he, he deserves our praise. In return, he deserves the, the love back. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times, I mean, we, 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 we know as parents, the, uh, Alec doesn't have any kids, but the four, four pastor and Nathania, we, have, we know have kids. Is, you know, God gave us the ability to create life. And with that life, we show, we, give, we try to give them everything. And it means so much more when they're, when they're appreciative and when they show the love back. Mm-hmm. Even, if it's, even if it's something as simple as just like a simple thank you. Mm-hmm. Or it's taking the time where they come and hug you. And in a sense, you get hurt when they take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. You know, or when you're showing them the way and they don't listen. And it's the same thing with God. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he loves us so much. He's giving us the answers to the test. I mean, he's sent Jesus to be the perfect Israelite to fulfill his promise to Abraham, mm-hmm. yeah. to bless the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And when we take that for granted, when we don't show the same love back, it's like heaven is looking at us and the angels are looking at us like, what's wrong with them? Mm-hmm. You're so ungrateful. Yeah. You know, this piece of dirt that he picked up and, <laughs> and formed and breathed his life in, what are mm-hmm. they doing? And, you know, that brings us to point four. It's worship is the proper response. Mm-hmm. Worship is the proper response. I mean, we, lit- we just read Revelations 9, 11 and how it's a choice. You know, Satan had a choice. We have that same choice. Mm-hmm. We see it in the garden that Adam and Adam's only job was to tend the garden, to be an extension 
of God on earth was to tend the garden, to take care of the animals, to name them, and to dwell with God. That was his whole job. Him, Adam and Eve. Eve was his helper, was his, was his mate, was to be alongside him, to, to dwell with God, to, 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 um, to worship him through service, through serving him. But we see that both of them had a choice and both of them failed because they chose, they chose wrong. They were not wrong, but, well, yeah, they chose wrong, but mm-hmm. they also chose a different path, their own path. You know, Matthew 22 says, narrow is the road. We hear it all the time that a lot of people say, well, I, I, I'm, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Well, that's a wide road. That can mean anything. It's like, what God are you serving? I mean, stars all the time we see like, oh, I want to thank God. Well, you don't know what God they're talking about. You know, you exactly. don't know you don't know who they're serving. Um, you don't know what their view of God is. Is it biblical Jesus or like uh, in Talladega Nights? I think <laughs> I said that Jesus. whole thing. Is <laughs> yes. it is it is it my my baby Jesus? Mm-hmm. Is it is it uh, I like you know? to see my Jesus as a rock star because exactly. I like to party. <laughs> right. Is it is it that form of Jesus? But worship. <laughs> But worship should be should be the the response that we have. It's it's the proper response, mm-hmm. you know. Like we were saying earlier, you know, it it all we can do is thank him for everything he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's the least we can do. And then our lives will will display it, and it'll be a way that we live, and it'll be a way of life as well. And and something as as we were all were talking. Um went to something reference Austin that you said, you know, about being, you know, religious and then being a religion. And that's why a lot of times when people don't, I want to say not don't go to church, but truly don't have a relationship with the Lord. When it comes to ministry, when it comes to really spending time with God, it's not understood. They, they don't understand and and because for them it's something that they have to do mm-hmm. and some instead of something that we get to do you know getting to um build and add to the kingdom of god whether it is through um you know attending bible studies and deepening our relationship with the lord or whether it's um just simply as you know you were mentioning alex spending time you know listening to to music and worship or you know, giving our time in a ministry to, to do uh, outreach, you know, go out and, and, you know, seek out the homeless and the needy. You know, it's not something that, w- yes, we're doing it, we're giving of our time, but we don't see it as a chore. We see it as a privilege. Why? Again, because we're called to make disciples. We're called to be the hands and feet of Christ. We're called to display that love. And it's something that we get to do and not have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a chore. It's not work. It's 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 a rewarding. And and yeah, it takes up our, our time. But how much how many other things take up the same amount of time? How how many episodes can we literally binge watch? I mean, I've sometimes I don't know. It's a lot for you. And <laughs> <been laughs> awake till about yeah three four o'clock in the morning. We're not even gonna go there. Um, but it's it's in those in those you know months that that the Lord really spoke to me and was like, if you can give this much time into this, you can give me this much time as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so it is worship is the proper response on how we show it to God. We show it to those around us. We show it to our family. But God is worthy. God is worthy, and he's deserving of it. And it should be our heart's response to display it in, 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 in the way we live. And I think, pastors, you said, you know, being a party of one for worship. Mm-hmm. It's not about what everybody else is doing. It's not even about what your family is doing. It's about going before God and it just being you and the Lord because as in as as much as God gave up Jesus for everyone, he also he he meant it as an individual thing. You know, if it was only me, he would have still given up Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if it's only me praising the Lord, then I will praise him because what is a rock in comparison to my life? My life is more valuable, so I will make it an intention to worship God. So we have to ask the question, like we said earlier, what's the, what's the proper response 
You know, are we going to worship? Are we going to worship the true and living God? Are we going to worship our situation, our circumstances, our issues, our problems? Are we going to value and put worth upon the things that are worthless um, when it comes to comparison to God? Or are we going to have an attitude of worship? Because worship is the proper response. God said, here's life. Here's life more abundantly. Here's freedom. Here, here's love. You know, um, uh, here's creation. And we have opportunity to worship that creator. Mm-hmm. Or we can do the opposite and reject. The choice is going to be ours. In reality, it's not a choice. It's a command. But we have to make that our daily habit.